1: Learn more at marines.com.
0: This is Charlie Walters, the big shooter. I got one thing to say to the crew of the Ride with Ricey. Let's kick some ass.
2: Navigation system. Please say a command. On, ignition, powered, seat belts, fastened, shift, drive. Twin Cities sports fans, hold on tight. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. This is the Ride with Royce.
3: He's going the distance. He's going for speed.
0: Whitberg. Oh, it's a long ways. They
1: won it. On the dunk.
2: Lorenzo Charles with the follow. He won it. And the team of destiny. North Carolina State has captured their second NCAA championship. Yes, this is the Final Four, and to celebrate the Final Four, we are starting off uh, the shows this week with my four favorite Final Fours that I ever covered. Yes. Now, on uh, Tuesday... It was 1980. This is quite a little run of Final Fours we had here when we yeah. started thinking of the favorites. Uh, 87 game, uh, uh, 88 game, right? Key Smart, or was it 87? 87. 87. 87. Key yeah. Smart, Indiana, beat Syracuse. Hell of a game. Uh, Syracuse played great, uh, and Key Smart was, uh, just basically took over the game down the stretch, and he won. And they did that the same year. That Hoosiers came out uh, the same winter that Hoosiers came out, so uh, that kind of that tie-in was fantastic. Yesterday, it's the one that many people consider the best ever, Villanova beating uh uh georgetown that mighty georgetown team villanova a lower much lower seed and uh they ended up uh, holding the ball and making all their shots what we say is the 18 out of 29 or something like that from the field so. it was unbelievable and today it is uh this was uh, even though valvano won and uh, certainly the, the 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 photos of that the uh video of that is fantastic the finish of that game I was rooting for Houston. I love that Houston team. That my guy, my guy,
3: Hakeem,
2: Hakeem Uh Hakeem, uh, guess who was the most outstanding player of that Final Four? Hakeem won. the mm. last player to off a losing team to uh, be oh, really? the most outstanding player in the Final Four. Now, when did
3: he add the H? Uh
2: he was still Hakeem then. I, I think when, it's, he, uh, when he got
3: drafted, it was still Hakeem. Yeah.
2: I think it's a it uh, writer's whim now. You can but now you now you almost always see it with an H, right? Yeah. Yep. And that's uh, you know, I, I don't I don't know why he added the H. But I uh had unbelievably unbelievable amount of fun covering that team and that final four and hearing the Akeem stories about how when they discovered him, he basically they saw this tall kid in Nigeria. They got him out on the basketball court, you know, and they, he knew nothing about the game. And one of the stories was there's this U.S. coach over there that was trying to teach these kids basketball and they were trying to teach him how to dunk. And the guy got up on a chair and threw the ball down <laughs> to show him how to dunk and Hakeem got up on the chair and <laughs> threw the ball down. Even though he was seven <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, two. <laughs> yeah, he just he thought you had to get on the chair to do this and to get two <laughs> points. That's how that's how uh, much of a Neanderthal he was as far as the rules of the game. And to turn out to be favorite. Top basketball, ten top ten all time NBA player.
3: Favorite personal favorite basketball <laughs> player ever. Yeah, came Elijah one. Well, my personal favorite,
2: best footwork in the
3: post oh my of anybody
2: that ever lived.
3: Those, those Rockets teams in the mid nineties were my Ooh. favorite favorite NBA teams ever.
2: But NC State shows up; they basically got they had to win the ACC tournament. To even make the field, yep. They win the ACC tournament and then they basically foul their way to this to the final four because that was that was the you know, start of were, it yep. right off the bat. They were going to lose and
1: uh to Pepperdine,
2: yes. And they fouled them and they missed their free throws and they won it and uh and uh they make make it to the final four. And then uh Georgia played terrible. Well, Pat,
1: them. even go back farther than that, remember they had to win. The tournament, yeah, to, just to yeah, even, that's what I'm saying. but but, and they had to, they they had they to beat North Carolina, Michael yes. Jordan, and all yes. those guys. That yeah. was, and that's where that started. The real, the 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 following at the end of the game, mm-hmm. just to keep themselves in it.
2: And uh, so they get Georgia, which wasn't a great team in the uh, semis, and Georgia hadn't been there, and they were uh, they played terrible, in North Carolina State beat them, mm-hmm. and then Houston comes out in that other semifinal against Louisville, and louisville had some athletes louisville was really good and that's when they did the the dunking they you know they had the six dunks in five minutes or something and it was the damnedest thing we'd ever seen i, I always told you that roger Balasari, the the sad from notre dame who was working had held up the little sign during the middle of the during a time out during this dunkathon, saying welcome to the 21st century you know <laughs> and he was right Drexler and Hakeem and mm-hmm. Benny, my guy Benny Anders, great. Uh, was it a thirty for thirty or oh, what? Yeah. Documentary 30 was for thirty. When yeah. they had to drag track down Benny, Benny like flunked out of school and basically disappeared, and they never came back for any reunions or anything. And they, I think they tracked him down in Detroit or something like that. But mm-hmm. I've, I've also told you the story about after they win the semi, and Benny, Benny's up there with with uh, guy Lewis who was great and and uh somebody's and benny had the first dunk to get that whole thing started and he said what did coach tell you when you got when he when he sent you in the game he said Benny, get in there and dunk the damn thing!
3: And, and, uh, and he said,
2: "What'd you do, Benny?" And he says, "I dunked the damn thing!" And it was—they were a great team, but a hell of a ball game. And in a fifty-four, fifty-two, so North Carolina State—they were kept clinging it to ugly. dear life, kept oh, it yeah. ugly. And but that was also in the last one of the last real arenas. You know, it was in the—we had it in Kansas City too. Uh, uh, a Kemper Arena, and the year Danny and the Reasons won it, whatever that was, 88? 88. 88, that, that was that was in in Kansas City, but the Pit in Albuquerque is just a fantastic arena because it's you know it goes straight down. What does it seat? Is it a, is it thirteen grand? something oh, wow. like that mm. yeah, and that's got to be the smallest amazing. one in the last. 30 they almost years. took it away from them too because they, you know, they had the big scandal with the Norm Ellenberger uh who was uh a bit of a, a bit of a cheater sure uh <laughs> you know uh and then bobby ended up rehabilitating him by making him an assistant coach years later remember that norm ellenberger in new mexico and they almost took the final four away from him because of uh cheating but that was a hell of a game 54 52 and a wittenberg misses a shot charles catches, lays it in and <laughs> Those Houston guys are turning around, looking at each other, saying, What the hell What happened? just happened? <laughs> uh, I love this question because I've, I've
1: thought about it myself. But Aaron emails in, Chris, ask Manny and Pat, do you think the Rockets would have beat the Bulls if Michael hadn't retired those two years when Houston went back to back? The Rockets.
3: I think um, they could have. I think they could have, yeah. Or one or two. Because, you know, the, the, the Bulls, as great as Michael was, and we know Michael was great, the Bulls didn't. I mean, you're going to have Cartwright. Guarding Hakeem? Mm-hmm. Stacey King yeah. going to guard <laughs> Hakeem? Like, yeah, those you know.
2: Houston teams were not frauds, that's for sure. They were. I mean, really good.
3: you, you, you double-team Hakeem. They were going to kick it out to Sam and Kenny and Robert Ory and hit a lot of threes. Mm-hmm. Vernon Maxwell?
2: Yep. Uh, by the way, uh, my, I got to tell you this Norm Allenberger story, which I've also told in the past, but Musselman, I think his second year, goes down to the New Mexico... Lobo Classic, right? Mm-hmm. And Norm, there's four guys there, four teams there, and Norm gives himself Columbia. I think we we played Columbia in the first round, and they played some other. You know, they had it set up so New Mexico would play the play the uh Gophers in the in the, okay. in the finals, and they're sitting there watching the third place game together, Ellenberger and Musselman up in the stands, and there's nobody there yet, and. And uh, they're up there shooting the breeze, and these two guys come up, and they start BSing with Musselman and Ellenberger and talking about Ellenberger about going fishing and where they've gone fishing, and they leave. And Ellenberger says, Bill, how much better than you do you think we are? How much better than us do you think you are? And Bill said, oh, no, I think it's an even game. He said, no, seriously, seriously. If we both play our best, who's, how much better are you than we are? And Bill said, nah, 12, 15 points. He said, not enough. Those are the referees. <laughs> and Musselman got thrown out in like the first five minutes. He got like five technicals oh. and thrown out. And New Mexico beat him. That was that, that uh, I think it was the second year. Oh, that's great. Second year. Not enough, wow. Bill. Uh, those are the referees. We'll be back.
0: This, is, of course, is Tom Brookshire, and also working with us today is Burt Reynolds.
2: Burt
3: Reynolds played here in 1955 for Florida State, In <laughs> back played the whole game. What do you know about Stanford?
0: Stanford has got a great quarterback, as everybody knows, Guy Benjamin, but he completed 63% of his passes last year, which is hard to do if you're just playing catch in the backyard. And uh, they got a coach who was 10 years in the pros, Bill Walsh, and uh, I think they're going to come out throwing. And uh, as uh, Tom says, if they can't get the ball, they're not going to be able to win. But if they do get the ball, it's going to be a high-scoring game. And that's what we
3: expect, a high-scoring Sun Bowl here in El Paso.
2: How about that for an all-star announcing crew for the Sun Bowl? That tells you, you know what that (laughs) tells you? How few bowls there were in 1977 when this was a great country. When we had 12, 15 bowl games instead of 78 of them. But I digress. Uh, But Summerall and Brookshire, maybe the greatest team ever ever. together. They attempted to kill each other by drinking and partying, but uh, they were But that's why they were so good, damn it. Yeah, because they were hungover every Sunday. It was great. (laughs) And they brought in Burt Reynolds, who was probably... Oh, my God. Uh, one of the top five celebrities in America right then. Sports, 1977, everything. Yeah, 1977, 1977, yeah. prime time, uh, Burt Reynolds. And Burt Reynolds... Uh, now, I saw TMZ today when they uh, announced, I think they were the first to say he died at age 82, that he was a former Florida State football star. Uh, not really. He... Uh, he came uh, as a uh, well-regarded player, but he injured his knee uh, his freshman year. I think before freshman, we might, freshman, I guess we're eligible. Then. And then uh, when he came back, he got he injured it again in a car accident. He only had 19 carries and caught a few passes during his Florida State career. But uh, my friend Jerry Fraley from Dallas, who grew up in Clearwater, you know, mm-hmm. he he tweeted out Burt, before Burt Reynolds, he was Buddy Reynolds. A good running back from Riviera Beach, Florida, whose career at Florida State was shortened by injuries received in a car wreck. It was always Buddy Reynolds when he would come back to FSU. Never big-timed anyone, and a heck of a guy, uh, Jerry Freely says. Now, Jerry didn't go to Florida State, but he grew up and was all around, and Riviera Beach is very near Clearwater. I know Riviera Beach. I
1: I knew he played football, but you know what anecdote I discovered
2: today? His college roommate. Was Lee, yes, Corso. Lee Corso? Yeah, the poor guy. Can you imagine that dorm room together? Yeah. Well, yeah. Reynolds was the shy, quiet guy in that room, right? Compared to him, sure. Uh, you know, because Corso <laughs> so would shut up. Friends. I'm sure. But uh, Bert Reynolds. Now, Smokey and the Bandit. How many were there? There was three. Three. Well, the first
1: one's the only one that really counts. Okay.
2: And now, what was Bert and all three? Bert was in the first.
1: Shula, I better pull this up just and to be Jackie,
2: sure. Was Jackie? Uh, I think
1: Jackie was only in the first, first one. one. Oh, okay. okay, the only one. Again, so the Jackie only one that did.
2: Jackie was the was the cop and uh, the sheriff. In the, the sheriff and the Duke boy. He played the same role in Smokey as abandoned as he did with the Duke boys. Wasn't he in there with the? No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't Duke in the
1: Duke boys. boys. Uh-uh. Okay. Uh huh.
2: Okay. Jackie had to be in more than one, didn't he? I think he was only. Let me
1: see the. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me pull up. His but Wikipedia. that thing. When was that? Smokey and the Bandit was seventy-seven,
2: and that was and the second one was, was eighty. Oh my God, it was huge,
1: <laughs> especially if you grew up in Faribault, Minnesota. Uh-huh. Smoking and the Bandit, yeah, was but you were
2: so you had to see it on the rebound. Oh yeah, I, I didn't watch it, it until nineteen eighty-eight or whatever yes, it was, but it didn't were, matter. And then you'd sit around and oh my at Bancato State and drink beer, and absolutely hundred times. Now, <laughs> I
3: never saw smoking and the Bandit three, but apparently, according to Bird Reynolds, nobody else uh, did either. Fair point. Well played. Uh, But apparently, Burt Reynolds made a cameo. I'm looking at his filmography and apparently made a cameo. And
1: Jackie was in the second one. I I misspoke, but yeah, he was in the second one. Jackie played
3: the
2: Southern uh, Sheriff pretty damn good, didn't he? Oh, my God. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) I got to find that clip here because it's one of my favorites. And it is right... Come on here, come on here, come oh, on here. here. we go. You're gonna as miss you gonna miss home, that. The computer, first thing I'm
2: gonna do is punch your mama in the mouth.
1: <laughs> he gets mad at his own kid for being dumb. <laughs>
2: He's gonna hit mama in, in the, the in the mouth, mouth. for bringing for this bringing kid him in the into the world. world. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but here is the greatest. You know, the longest yard that was big too, and you know, hell of a, you know, great one of the best. Film football games of all time the longest yard mm-hmm. but uh, here's the best movie he was ever that he ever was
3: right So here. what I'm trying to tell you Eddie, is that it takes a lot of a good old American green stuff to make one of his things you know what I mean I mean you know you've got your camera you've got your film. You got your lights, you got your sound, you got your lab costs, you got your developing, you got your syncing, you got your editing. Before you turn around, you spent maybe twenty, twenty five, thirty thousand dollars on a movie. That's a lot of money. But you asked, this. Yes. If As you make a good one, there's practically no end to how much money.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Burt Reynolds as the uh, pornographer in Boogie Nights uh, did get nominated for a supporting actor. He did not win. He should have won. He was great, and uh, he was. Who would have wanted that He was year. the
3: very. That was what ninety six. Was that movie Boogie Nights? Uh, ninety seven. Yeah, Twenty years.
2: I don't know. But he was. Uh, he was uh, a very affable. Pornographer concerned about his uh, affable about pornographer. Of, <laughs> it's concerned about the the uh, people who worked for him. He brought Marky e. Wahlberg along. That's as right. a, uh You know, as, uh, once he you know once he showed him what he had. Right. You know, the mirror uh, scene. We and he it. Uh, you know he had uh, he always had the people around the house and uh, uh, you know the scene where he tells uh, Roller Girl to go over and go over to the couches. Uh, you know when. Um, if you ever start watching that, you always make sure you get. Uh, You've yeah, got to yeah, get to yeah, that part, baby. If, you, if that, you're already, you're already after invested. That it kind of waves, yeah. and that kind of passes. But uh, honest to God, if you're if you're not a prude in any way, it's a hell of a movie.
1: Um, really and by the way, I was movie. looking up these these movies, Smoking the Bandit, two seventeen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's how awful mean, it was. Seventeen percent.
2: Right? <laughs> yeah, but the, the, the the people who rated it. Weren't the youth of America no, and the hard drinking college, right. uh, college right. students who just went to hoot and holler?
3: By the way, uh, Robin, it was Robin Williams who won best uh, supporting actor for Goodwill Hunting oh, yeah, that year. Yeah, so yeah, that was uh,
2: that was one of his uh, better performances. But I would have voted for Birdwell. It
3: was, <laughs> you know, it's it's easier to
2: play uh, smart math teacher than a affable pornographer. <laughs> Absolutely. <right>? I mean. <laughs> Because it's it's uh, it's more it's it's a more difficult role I would
1: say. you know one of the very first when we started doing the beer show Patrick about five years ago um when Brad Lane was putting together assembling liners and whatnot for the show there was one that I insisted from Smokey and the Bandit when you know he was setting up the rendezvous uh-huh. and how they had to get all the beer from Texarkana to yeah, Atlanta right. and whatnot yeah. and my fav- one of my favorite lines from the movie
2: Why do you want that beer so bad? because he's thirsty dummy <laughs> <laughs> because he's thirsty dummy <laughs> God I uh, love that line. Pat Oswald apparently big fan of Burt Reynolds Oh really I said uh, you know look at uh, Deliverance the man who loved cat dancing the longest yard hustle I didn't I never saw that one Breaking in Citizen Ruth Boogie Nights saying he wasn't some he wasn't all clunkers you know but uh, he also says Bert Reynolds and Clint Eastwood were fired from Gunsmoke and Rawhide at the same time. Bert was told he couldn't act, and Clint that his neck was too skinny. In the parking lot, Bert said to Clint. I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm going to go take acting license. <laughs> uh,
3: I'll always so. uh, I'll always remember our guy Norm McDonald when he would play as Burt Reynolds <laughs> oh on that show. they do the Celebrity Jeopardy and what was the name? Like, Turd mm-hmm. Ferguson. Turd Ferguson, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. <laughs> we played a part of it during GL, the 40th anniversary, whenever they all came out and Burt drove his podium up to the uh-huh. up to the Jeopardy seat. He's like, sorry, I'm late. And Will Ferrell goes, you aren't late. You weren't invited. <laughs>
2: that was pretty good. And one other note, uh, I got this from Babu. Word on the street is that you have a lot of free time coming up. You should come to our tailgate. Go for tailgate. You should. And I said, I don't drink and the coach annoys me. So, <laughs> <laughs> But that's the very reason you should go. I, I am here. Go. I think you yeah. should go, Pat. I think uh, it would be great. Yeah, yeah maybe not, not for an idea. You know, maybe some Saturday morning I'll go. Up. When they kick off at 11. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if there's a good chance of them losing. And I can tease them. I, 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 with this home schedule, there's no, That's there's true. no guaranteed loss. That's true. Which is kind of sad. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, when we're talking about uh, wives being stolen by teammates and bandmates and friends. I had to look up to see when uh, Rick Manning ran off with uh, teammate Dennis Eckersley's wife with the Cleveland Indians when there were two young stars there. 1978, that was uh, when Manning... Uh Manning ended up uh, with Eckersley's wife. How could you huh. leave a good-looking guy like Eckersley? Yeah. He so gave you urges, right? Manning was a good-looking guy, though, too. I got to say that. But Eck gave you urges, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's was, he was my <laughs> all-time boyfriend. Correct. Yeah. Uh, right.
1: <laughs> my- now, who were the two guys uh, that basically swapped families? Uh, that with was Kekic? Mike Kekic
2: and Fritz, Fritz Peterson. 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 Yeah. yeah, one of them st- stayed together, and the other one—I don't know who. who I think Heckage together. stayed together Zekic with stayed Peterson's ex-wife. I believe that might have been the greatest story in my sports <laughs> career really uh, it's you can't believe you know as big as it would be now with social media and everything it was enormous yeah, the yeah. new york tabloids loved it they should have sent checks to both families because they've <laughs> sold so many newspapers but i didn't realize this uh eckersley had an older brother wally who has been serving a 40-year sentence in a Colorado prison for a 1989 conviction on second-degree kidnapping and attempted wow. murder Ooh. and aggravated robbery. Huh. Wow. So he's had an interesting life. Heck. Older brother, Wally. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Incarcerated. Yes, huh. and uh, if it's 1890, uh, 1989 eighty nineteen eighty nine, he'd still have ten to go if he hasn't gotten out for good behavior. So. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Hey, by the way, I guess I guess Eck is great on the Red Sox uh, telecast
1: Didn't he, he stir it does... up though with oh, David yeah, Price?
2: Did. Yeah, he did. Price That's what mad At him, Price screamed at but him. Then but then the he, Red he Sox does. fans turned on Price because the they love Eckersley. The post League. game, I yeah. think. But he says uh-huh. anything that comes to mind. You know? Twins with the day off today.
0: They'll return home tomorrow to kick off a six-day they six homestand. They'll play three against the Royals over the weekend. They then have three against the New York Yankees. Boy,
2: this is uh, this is not the time of year you want the Yankees in town, no. is it? In the middle of September when you're buried and nobody cares. Yeah. Well, they'll still draw okay, though, won't they? They won't get much more than 20, I would guess.
3: What's the latest on judge i know they went and got mccutcheon mm. to sort of supplement that but as judge they aren't
2: saying much about it are they been kind of quiet: must, with it. must be something serious mm. yeah
0: they're saying that yeah last i heard they were saying maybe a week before the playoffs but uh, mm-hmm. i don't know you're you know, very
3: concerned aren't you, i John? cannot not wait till the yankees you. have to
0: go to oakland for the wild card that's
3: mm. gonna be so
0: great <laughs> not gonna happen chris <laughs> i'd Edwin, make you a bet but the, neither of us are gonna be Edwin around
2: jackson <laughs> on the hill Yes. <laughs> yeah, and facing Edwin Jackson yep
0: yes uh the Saints are playing in the playoffs tonight game two of their best of five against Gary Saints won game one last night uh, because of the postponement of game one on Tuesday they'll play five straight days if necessary with game three happening tomorrow night in Gary
2: you know uh, I uh, it's it's kind of a cynical theory that uh, people really go to Saints games more for the entertainment value sure. and the scene than they do for the actual result. And the fact that they had 2,100 for the uh, opening game of the playoffs would maybe reinforce yeah. that concept.
0: I uh, think you I, are There's correct.
2: nothing wrong with that, but uh, that's just uh, 2,100.
0: NFL season underway tonight. Falcons and Eagles. The Vikings open their
3: season Sunday. What's the
2: number? Four? I'd guess four. Eagles? Four. I didn't even I look today. Him, yeah. Not know. much
3: over four, I wouldn't think. I told Judd this morning, I think uh, I think the Falcons win tonight. Mm-hmm. Well, I wouldn't I be surprised. Think, yeah. Philadelphia, it hasn't been all smooth for the no, Eagles. No. No. Doug Peterson's getting all... Snappy with shape. the media. I hope somebody <laughs> asks him at halftime who his quarterback is yes. going to be in the second half. <laughs> they should fly in the gal that <laughs> asked yeah. Sabin. Maria her. Taylor?
2: Yeah. She might not work So for stop day,
3: asking. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, Tiger Woods at the BMW Championship Woo! put in a good day, in eight under par
2: 62. He holds the early lead. Uh, Ro- I think he's uh, the only guy. Uh, he uh, McElroy birdied uh, 18, so they're both 62.
0: Oh, he did? Okay. Yeah. When I came in, he was mm-hmm. at 7. So they're both at 8-under, and Xander Shoffley mm-hmm. is at 7-under. So a uh, tie with Rory. And tie Apparently
2: right this old, lead. wonderful old golf course in Philadelphia isn't much of a test for the boys. Although no. Phil Mickelson was 3-over, so I don't know where Oof. he
0: hit it. Uh, Star Tribune reporting, Kevin Garnett is suing an accountant and his firm claiming they helped a now-imprisoned wealth manager steal tens of millions of dollars of Garnett's money. A federal malpractice lawsuit alleges that Kentucky-based accountant Michael Wertheim and Wellikin CPAs knowingly enabled Charles A. Banks IV in defrauding Garnett out of $77 million Ooh. over several years through businesses in which Garnett and Banks shared in interest. That's deduct
2: And uh, and Kevin and the gal have uh, split, right? Uh, yes, and, he and the
3: wife is, uh, have uh, separated, I believe. Oh. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know earlier if it's official yet
2: or not.
0: Uh, did you guys see the Todd Frazier story? No. I love it. this. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I did see this. Todd Frazier admits it's... he fooled the umpires into thinking he made a catch he didn't, but mm-hmm. he swears he didn't plan to do it. Mm-hmm. Happened Monday night, a game against the Dodgers. The Mets' third baseman dove into the stands to yep. snare a foul ball. Okay. After the tumble, he showed the umpire the ball, got the out call, and then quickly tossed the ball back into the stands. Mm-hmm. The only problem was it was not the ball that was hit. Right? <laughs> It was actually a rubber ball yeah. that he happened to grab after losing the real one as he fell into the seats. He said that at first he thought it was the real ball, but after quickly realizing it wasn't, he instinctively... had the
2: ball there. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yep. There's a guy in the third row holding mm-hmm. it up. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> he said he instinctively sold the catch to the up anyway, even sure. though it was just a rubber ball. Mm-hmm. Frazier said, it's Hollywood. Sometimes you got to act out a little bit. <laughs> Frazier could be seen explaining what happened to his teammates in the dugout. He said he noticed a fan yelling at third base, Mark Wagner, to draw his attention to the real ball. So Frazier said, I was just trying to get out of there as quickly as possible.
2: <laughs> uh, next time Mark Wagner's behind the plate. And, oh, yeah, uh, he's uh, going to hear about that. Might, if they throw one near the plate, you might want to take a hack. There yeah. to, uh, I think if it's borderline, you might get called
0: out. Uh, the Toronto w-
2: Wagner's kind of a red ass, too.
0: Yeah, Toronto Blue Jays and manager John Gibbons, I don't think this is a surprise, are reportedly ready to part ways that season? end. He's got the personality of a wall. He, uh, he mm. drives me nuts watching You them. know, back
1: yeah. to the Frazier decoy, it reminds me of a, a town ball game a couple of years ago where a guy had, a, had the warm-up baseball in his back pocket, so he dove for the ball, missed it by six miles, and went, oh! I, I got yeah. it here. He tried pulling it out of him, and everybody saw him do it. Who did
2: Was it Jeter who. Yeah, he acted pretended like he got he hit got by a hit, pitch. And it was a national scandal. Right. Yeah. That's only yeah. been going on in baseball yeah. for 120 years. Right.
0: But now we have cameras
3: to show us. Yes. Oh, that Jeter. That shows
2: he's on Coming cheater. up on first take. Yes. Stephen A. breaks <laughs> it down whether yes. it's going to be hot or not. Hey, good news. Monday, noon. Stephen A. two hours right here on the Big AM 1500. Okay, thank you. Yes, (laughs) Stephen A., you might get a little NBA talk. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Just
3: a little bit. Uh,
2: But uh, I understand he's got some hot takes on the wild. Oh, really? I did not know know that. that. In fact, he might call in and he and Judd can kick around the wild a little bit. Gibbons and the Blue Jays had no
0: comment on the story about Gibbons uh, Mm -hmm. being fired, perhaps, or leaving, Mm -hmm. shall we say, at the end of the season. He's got
3: to get it. Done. <laughs> <laughs> the best, the best is when Stephen A. calls into Labertard Show a couple of years uh, ago. It was on the Kevin Durant thing. Yeah. Him and Stephen A. and Kevin Durant were having their thing, yeah. and they're showing a picture of. As Stephen A. is ranting about Kevin Durant, they're showing a picture of an animated picture of Stephen A. Like, just yelling or whatever, uh-huh. and there's, like, the caption of, ah! <laughs> and Stu and and Levitard, they're just cackling. It's, it's great. It's fantastic.
2: All right, Johnny. Hey, that's the good news. We will get uh, three hours of Levitard starting Monday, 9 yep. to 12, yeah, right? That's 9 right. To correct. Yep. Man, best, best show on radio.
3: Rizzy's pitch is hit hard to
2: long and high. Deep and far for Gaddison. Forget about it. Another two-run shot. Gaddison's 25th of the year, the Astros. Lead four to
3: nothing. Well, you were here by
2: circle. When's he coming back? How many games is he doing this year, Bert? He hasn't done any. That's true. I haven't yeah, seen we we heard heard him in a while. Troy did both of a series in Texas, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't remember who went with him the first. Uh, I don't know who was with him. Well, maybe he's going to come home
1: to be part to win, of the showdown yeah, with Kansas City.
2: Could be. Isn't that who we have? Yeah, Kansas City and then the Yankees. And then the Yankees, yeah. Yes. All right. Here's, I was. Attempting to watch a little bit of that last night. Oh, that was difficult. impossible. But uh, you know what's really bad as a lifelong follower of the Twins? When you think they're going to be, you know, they could be okay, and then they turn out to be rotten. Those, You know, when you go into a season saying they're going to be rotten.
1: Like last year. Yeah, Uh yeah,
2: you don't. And then they played pretty good. But when you go into a season expecting rottenness, you don't. Get worked up, right? Mm -hmm. But watching this, what they are presenting right now as a major league collection is
3: disgusting. It is. It's disgusting. It's annoying.
2: Yeah, I mean, you got we we got to find out if this six foot five lefty can pitch in the big. Here's I think I think might have been Gleeman that made this. Somebody made this point. Jake Reed is. A uh, Addison Reed, no Jake Reed. Oh, the, the, the minor the guy, leaguer. I'm sorry, the minor leaguer is a six year minor league free agent. Okay, and he's on the roster. I mean, he, he he's on he, the forty he, he man. Could, he could. You're going to have to, you know, uh, he can become a
1: six year free agent, right? You're going to have to, you know, what yeah. or get off the pot, yeah. as they say.
2: And he's not here. Why is he not here? He's on a. He was pitched at Rochester this year, and he's not. They didn't call him up. He's.
1: Not enough at bats for him or Buxton. No, no. I mean, he's, he's a pitcher. No, he's a I pitcher. know. But <laughs> he's the cheap
2: they're, shot. They're, I, I don't know what the hell they're up to. They have to take. I heard uh, Levine talking about Vasquez, this new guy. He's a. He's Gabriel Moya. He's a big, tall guy who throws eighty percent sliders and throws eighty-eight miles an hour, and he's he's he went up from a ball to. The big leagues, and I guess you know he he made the three stops, and I guess they're trying to find out if they got to put him on a forty man or not. But you know when they, I they didn't, nobody ever comes up through you say, "Boy, look at this." You know he might be okay. You know, Nobody's here that they haven't brought anybody here who say, "Ooh, wow."
1: When let uh, me see Nick Gordon when the acquisition was made <laughs> yeah. for Jake Odorizzi. There's an I need to issue an apology. Yes, I thought when okay the, when the acquisition was made. I said okay. They went and got Kyle Gibson. This kid is not as good as Kyle Gibson. Oh, God, Gerson. he drives you crazy. It's just, no. I, I, what I don't understand is he doesn't have a backup plan. Odorizzi I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Because what he attempts to do is he tries to sneak in on a right-handed batter. He tries to get his mediocre fastball on the inner half of the corner. and inside. And then he yeah. tries to get you to chase up and up, which is fine. But when the first pitch is called the ball, he ain't got no plan B.
3: Yeah, that that's we had Roy on this morning. Roy Smalley, me and Judd did, and that's exactly what. Roy oh God! So he said the exact because I asked him. I said, "What is going on? What is wrong with Jake DeRozan?" He said, "Yeah, when people have picked up that he's trying to get people to to bite on that high fastball, and mm-hmm. people and he have doesn't have an alternate. Out, it, that that's his only have, plan. He doesn't have a secondary option,
2: and he takes twenty minutes." Yeah. I mean, he's because he gets the ball back, and he's you can see him spending twenty seconds trying to figure out what pitch he wants to throw. But uh, you know, Billy Gardner, well, Guardy, this guy would have driven Guardy crazy too because he hated the slow workers, so did Kelly. Mm-hmm. But they really drove Billy Gardner nuts. The great Billy Gardner, the slow workers. He had we had they got a guy one of the guys when they made those Yankee trades was Pete Filson, lefty, mm-hmm. and Freeze Garden. Uh, Gardner nicknamed him Freeze because he'd get the ball and hold it for like thirty <laughs> seconds. They called him and he'd get all these goofy looks on his face, and and he drove him nuts. And gar- sometimes Gardy just take him out of the game because he couldn't stand to wait for him <laughs> to pitch anymore, even if he was getting a few people out. Uh, Slick, who by the way is still alive, I don't know what kind of shape he's in, but he's still alive. But Jake O'Rizzi would have given him a heart attack. That uh, you know that. Go after somebody. No kidding, and
1: that's why yeah. he would to start the inning. He's going three balls, sometimes three, most three and zero to guys. My God, kid, you have mediocre stuff to begin with. You've got to at least throw it over the plate to give yourself a chance. And
3: remember, guys, this was your opening day starter. <laughs> oh, God.
2: Let's. Well, we've had worse. Vance Worley. Vance Worley. But, I was there uh, for uh, that ben Vance Worley Worm- start, man. But uh, you know, this I mean, what? One, I mean Eddie Rosario had a good year, but we knew Eddie could hit.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: What has happened? What positive surprise has there been with this team? What positive surprise has there been?
3: Well, Eddie Esco- Barrios, Eddie Escobar was pretty good, and then they traded him away.
2: Barrios is worse; is not as good as I thought he was. He's okay, but he's not as good. Made as the All Star team, but that sure. was consolation. But. I mean, he was a marginal all-star, okay, and then he's been terrible since. He's not as good as I thought he was. I mean, nothing good has happened. Eddie Rosario can hit, okay. We knew he could hit. We maybe not knew he could know he could do this. Jake Cave might be a fourth Jake outfielder. Cave might be a fourth what was outfielder, the... uh, and Garber uh, can be your other catcher,
3: what, right? What was the uh, what was the Steven Gonzalez? tweet you had last week somebody you said somebody had told you that you know congr- when he when he made his first start somebody told you congratulations you're like the second coming of mark redmond or something like I that think, uh, yeah oh
2: yeah, well, yeah well that was uh that was a close relative of mine who texted me after watching to it. And he said, this bleeping guy is Mark
3: Redmond. <laughs> we got Mark Redmond back. And I said,
2: we got, you know, as so I stole in and said, we got Mark Redmond back. More than that, we got a tall Tommy Malone. Although he doesn't have as good a control. That's right. Yeah. I said, when is he going to run it out there again? Oh,
1: we got to get, well, he's free now. Come on. The Nationals got rid of him. Let's
2: get no, him back. No, Gonsalves. Oh, I thought you were talking
1: about touchdown there. Tommy Malone. Same, same difference. Right. <laughs> okay.
2: When's Gonzalez going to try it? Well, it's it? got to be... I hope they run him out against the Yanks. That'll be fun.
1: Oh, God. All right. We'll
2: be back.
0: Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. Patrick. It's Bill Clinton here as Cal Ripken plays the game 2,131. He throws one down the middle here. Keep it on 3-0. Yeah, he'll still yeah. swing at it. Yeah. We're in
3: the town. Here comes.
2: September 6, 1995, I don't know if the Orioles are home tonight, but I got a hunch there was a little more excitement in the ballpark. I was there. September 6, 1995, uh, when Cal Ripken uh, broke the record of Lou Gehrig by playing in his 2,131st consecutive game and also homered in that game. And uh, after four and a half innings, it became an official game, and we stopped the game, and he did mm-hmm. the lap all around cool. there. And uh, it was uh, pretty fantastic. And I've told you guys that uh, they I was in the second row of the press box, and sitting in front of me was Mike Wilbon from the Washington Post, and sitting next to him was Shirley Povich, who was there on July 4th when Gehrig announced his retirement. Wow. So that's how long Shirley had been around, right? Wow. And, uh, one of the special Ripken balls was hit back into the press box, bounced up in the air, came down, sat in front of Wilbon, and he turned around and said, Mr. Povich, there's a baseball for you. That's pretty cool. That was, awesome. Uh, that was a pretty good night. That was a great night in Baltimore. And, uh,
1: uh,
2: and She's got a bit back, downhill as since they then. look back on September 6th, <laughs> that'll, uh, that'll get a star compared to this season.